Welcome to the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin, where to begin, grow, and aspire to become the best stylist you can be. Whether you're thinking about becoming a stylist, opening a salon, or developing your skills as an experienced stylist, the next step of your beauty career starts here. Each week, we'll discuss strategic ways to design, plan, and execute on becoming a stylist that excels behind the chair and above the bottom line. Here's your host, Tracy Franklin. So I want to share my predictions for the beauty industry, but in order to talk about the future, we need to take it back to the beginning. I'd love to share some of the things that were really popular early on in my career and how they've evolved. One of the things that has completely changed since I entered the beauty industry is how your clients find you. Imagine opening up a phone book and looking in the yellow pages for a place to get your haircut. I know that's really hard to even imagine right now, but that is literally how people used to do it. And it was really expensive. Like anything bigger in the phone book than like a business card was, I don't know, like a thousand dollars. And so when I first started out, I just had a small three chair salon. So I took out that little business card ad size in the yellow pages. And that was how people would find me. Another way is I would go places and I would hand out flyers. I would come up with specials and discounts and I would go stand at the local college and I would stand in front of grocery stores. I would go to career fairs and, you know, the fair and places like that and really just have to promote myself in person. And that's just kind of unheard of these days. And then, of course, business cards. I still think a lot of business cards. I know there's lots of really cool ways to exchange information with people, but I still like an old school business card and I still usually have some in my purse. But those were like the top three ways that clients would find me back when I started. Another thing that's really changed is hair extensions. Now, if you've listened to a few of my episodes, you probably know how passionate I am about hair extensions. It's one of my favorite things. And back in the day, you know, we were applying these strand by strand hair extensions and it took all day and it was thousands of dollars and hardly anybody could get them, right? Like really wealthy people, celebrities, pageant girls, things like that. Those were the only people that were really willing to sit that long and willing to pay that much money for longer hair. So let's fast forward to even mm, 10 years ago when people were finding your business through your website. You know, that was the most common way for people to find you. They would Google hairstylists or salons in their community and they'd get a list of salons and then they would click on them and they would, you know, kind of look through the menu and they would look at the gallery of pictures. And the thing about that was, you know, for the salon, it was great, but it really didn't help promote any individual stylist. You know, it was just promoting the salon itself, but at least it was something, right? You could go on, you could look at the pictures and make sure at least someone in that salon knew how to do good hair before you tried it. So let's talk about hair extensions. 10 years ago with hair extensions was the tape extensions. The tape and hair extensions are all the rage. It's completely blowing everyone's mind how different this technique is. I know for me, for the first time ever, I was finally willing to wear hair extensions. I was always willing to perform the service, but it just wasn't for me when we were doing those strand by strands because I never really thought they looked that good. But when I got certified to do tape and extensions and I was seeing these incredible makeovers that I was able to do on women in an hour or less, I was like, oh, yeah, this is for me. So I personally became someone that wore hair extensions. And quite honestly, I've never looked back. 
So let's bring it up to speed to today where we heavily rely on social media. And let me start by saying, like, I understand that this industry changes at such a pace. It can feel really scary and it can feel overwhelming, like you're always behind, like you're never going to catch up. But I think social media is one of the best things that's ever happened to our industry. So I know things change in this industry at a rate that can feel a little bit scary sometimes and a little bit overwhelming, like you're always behind. But hairstylists are being able to be seen in a way right now and represented in a way right now that they never have been able to be before. And that's all thanks to social media. So, you know, sometimes change is good. And that's why it's so important that we're always willing to evolve. Same with hair extensions. You know, now we're working more with wefts than we are individual pieces. And that's being able to give, you know, women more hair in less time. I think it's important to talk about why, as a creative service provider, being able to pivot and adapt is the name of the game. If you aren't growing, you're dying. And so making hard decisions is a huge part of growth. And one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in this industry was raising my prices 20%. Let me give you a little perspective. I got in this space in my head and in my business where I didn't give myself a price increase for four years. For some reason, I had let fear take over and I was so worried that I would lose clients if I raised my prices that I just became paralyzed by that fear. And the thing is, my book was full, like I was experiencing immense success. But sometimes we get in our head about stuff and fear was just a huge thing for me. I loved my clients so much, I couldn't even imagine losing one of them. But what that did is it put me in this capacity, you know, where like I wasn't able to take new clients. And looking back on that, that wasn't a really great decision for me because new clients are exciting new clients are a new opportunity to make a new connection and wow someone for the first time. You know, there's a level of excitement with a new client that just is different from a consistent client that you typically see. And I had just gotten to the point where I wasn't able to take anybody new because my book was full. And to be quite honest, I wasn't educated on how to measure the metrics. I didn't really know whether or not I qualified for a raise. And that's why I think it's so important to create partnerships with people that know more than you know, so that they can shed light on the changes that need to be made in your business. So raising my prices 20% was a really hard decision for me. But after I made it, I was so surprised to find out that some of my clients were like, it's about time. We were wondering when you were going to have a price increase. It made me feel good, but it also made me feel a bit like a fool. Like, what was holding me back? Why was I so paralyzed by this fear that everyone would leave me? At the end of the day, you don't have a choice, guys. With inflation, you have to raise your prices or you are literally doing the same amount of work for less money. If you think about it, when the cost of hair color goes up and the cost of gloves go up and everything goes up, bills rent, everything is going to be raised because that's just the way inflation works. If you don't raise your prices, you're making less money. It's so important that you pay attention to what's going on in the economy and that you raise your prices whenever expenses go up. So when in an industry that is ever changing, it's probably hard to imagine getting bored, right? Like feeling stale in your job, but it happens. 
Stylist burnout is a very real thing. And it's really important that you're paying attention to the signs because they will show up and they'll start screaming if you're not listening to the whispers. So you need to be paying attention to the things that you're thinking when you're looking at your book. Like, are you looking at your book and you're completely uninspired? And you see, you know, Sally on your book again for the same thing she always gets. Well, it's probably time to level up. It's probably time to learn something new and get out of your funk. There's no reason to get stale in this industry. It's okay that you do, but it's important that you pay attention to the signs and do something about it. So how do you identify new trends and be a leader in this industry? I hear this saying a lot that you either need to be the first or the best. And I hate to break it to you, but in the beauty industry, you are never going to be first, but you can be the best. You can always be your best. One of the best parts about being a hairstylist in the AI boom is that chat GPT is never going to take your job. A robot is not going to be cutting hair anytime soon, but that doesn't mean that technology and techniques aren't evolving and that you need to evolve too, because you do. How cool is it that you can literally get on YouTube and watch a video of Chris Appleton doing Kim Kardashian's hair in the morning and then go straight to the salon and recreate that same look in the afternoon. When I think about the evolution of that idea alone, it completely blows my mind. Looking for inspiration even 10 years ago was like flipping through, you know, hair magazines and old hair books and looking through the Inquirer and just trying to find out what the celebrities were doing with their hair. But there were no how-to videos like there are today. Content is wildly available for anyone who's willing to take a few minutes to level up their skills. So how do you become a leader in this industry? How do you position yourself as a stylist that not only knows what the trends are, but are actually bringing them to the chair? I do consider myself to be an industry leader, not only in my local community, but nationally. So how did I do it? I did it by never sitting still. I did it by constantly elevating myself. And, you know, I was willing to do the things that other people weren't willing to do. And when this industry calls you to pivot, you have to be willing to do so. I'll use social media as a really good example. Posting pictures of your work just does not pack the same punch that it used to. People are not responding to that type of content anymore. Video is king. And I tried to ignore that for a really long time. And I saw my social media declining in a major way. So I decided to just give it a try. I said, okay, I'm going to make some of these reels. Some of them are going to be educational. Some of them are going to be funny. Some of them are going to, you know, touch on some of the more tender topics. And I noticed, you know, a huge surge in the amount of people that were liking my content and following my page. And it's really great when you finally give in to something and it was the right decision all along. You have to pay attention to what's going on and what's trending and what's changing about our industry. And you have to be willing to pivot with it. So what are some of the biggest changes that I'm seeing in the industry in 2023? I got to say it's technology. I think technology is impacting most industries right now. And the beauty industry is no different. One of the really cool things that we've implemented in the salon and at Aspire is the Vish technology. So there's a company out there called Vish, and it is a color weighing system that is designed to help reduce the color waste in your salon 
And it also has a ton of other benefits. We're able to store all of the client's formulations. So if a client comes in and has to see a different stylist, everything that we've used on her hair is saved in the software. And that makes sure that the client gets a consistent experience no matter which stylist they have to see. With us being a green salon, we really love the way that Vish helps us reduce the waste. Not only does it help the environment, but it also helps the bottom line. It tells us exactly how much color we need to mix up for that particular guest when they come back for their next appointment. So we're not mixing up some standard formulation that the manufacturer recommends. This is a very customized color formulation, including the amount that the guest needs. So we're not wasting any color on their service. One of my favorite things about the kits for the Aspire Barber and Beauty Academy is the iPads that they get. So they are learning on a digital platform. And so what that means is we have replaced standard textbooks and workbooks with an iPad and their entire curriculum can be found digitally. And they also do all of their tests and all of their book work on these iPads as well. And I think they are thrilled with the technology and I think it's really easy for them to access anywhere. So something I really see changing with clients and I think will change even more over the next five to 10 years is their expectations for their appointments. So you used to be lucky if a client was willing to book their next appointment. And now it's very commonplace for a client to book out their appointments for the entire year. Now, that's not to say that, you know, something may come up and that a rescheduling may have to take place. But I find that these days when a client finds a stylist that they really click with and when they're really happy with the work that the stylist does, they want to make sure they have that appointment time, especially if they're busy. If they're a busy mom and they work a really tight schedule, they want to make sure that they're able to come in and get their hair done when they need it done. So if you are still writing your appointments down in a notebook, then you are way behind the times. You absolutely need to have online scheduling and you need to make it as easy as possible for clients to find you and book with you. So we can make all the predictions in the world about what's coming for our industry. But at the end of the day, your success and your future in this industry is up to you. You need to make sure that you're honoring yourself and taking care of yourself as a stylist. And that looks a lot of different ways. Making sure that you are pivoting with this industry is not only good for your clients, but it's also really good for you. Find out what you're good at and become an artist of your craft. You don't have to be good at everything. You don't need to keep up with every single trend, but you do need to find what makes you happy and you need to go for it. And you need to get really, really good at it so that you can do more of it. This industry is not for the weak. It's physically, emotionally, and mentally draining. And if you ever feel like you're constantly trying to get ahead, you're never going to catch up. Every stylist needs to see themselves in their future. What makes you happy? What kind of work do you want to do? What brings you joy? Fill your own cup first, and then you can pour into others. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin is a Morgan Franklin production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Editing and post-production by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Tracy and the Aspiring Barber and Beauty Academy? Go to AspireBarberAndBeauty.com.